100%. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Welcome, Steve. Thankful for you, brother. Thank you. Give it up for Steve Kluke this morning. <laughs> well, Happy New Year, church. Uh, I'm always a little nervous, and then I get up here, and I'm always reminded that I'm with family. You are my family. And I trust you. I probably have more prayer for today's sermon than I have ever had in my life. <laughs> right? There's so many of you that have been praying for this today. And that is grateful because it's God that speaks to us today. When we go to God's word, it's not this simple man that stands before you. Um, it's always an honor to speak to you. Uh, but the, today's title is A New Year and a new desire for the Lord. We have a new year, and I want you just to understand that we need to desire the Lord every new year. We celebrated just recently Christmas, right? Hopefully we celebrated this Jesus coming to be with us, God being with us. And as, as as I say that, I go, do you realize that God desires to walk with you again? Do we realize that he sent his son so that he could walk with us again in the garden? Did you know that God desires to be with you? Jesus even says he's not going to partake of the Lord's Supper again until he's with you. He desires to partake of the Lord's Supper with you. We, We as Americans... We live in this world that constantly is lying to us because we live in this world where there's this desire for the American dream. We're told about it every day. And I think that it's been talked about for a long time in America. And there's a video that I want to show you. It's just two minutes. I want to show you this because this is John Piper's famous sermon of seashells, but this was played He's talking back in the 80s and early 90s here. So if we could go ahead and play that. It's just short. It's two minutes. But it's going to take us back to something that the world keeps telling us. The article, Start Now, Retire Early, February 1998. Bob and Penny took early retirement from their jobs in the Northeast five years ago when he was 59 and she was 51. Now they live in Punta Gorda, Florida, where they cruise on their 30-foot trawler, play softball, and collect shells. That's a tragedy. That's a tragedy, and there are people in this country that are spending billions of dollars to get you to buy it. And I get 40 minutes to plead with you, don't buy it. With all my heart, I plead with you, don't buy that dream. The American dream. A nice house, a nice car, a nice job, a nice family, a nice retirement, collecting 
shells. As the last chapter before you stand before the creator of the universe to give an account with what you did. Here it is, Lord, my shell collection. Look, Lord, my shell collection. And I've got a good swing. And look at my boat. God, look at my boat, God. I almost want to cry with the fact that we still buy into the lie. But this lie is nothing new. Satan has been telling us a lie for a long time. The American dream. I think millennials really bought into this. They thought that they would get degrees. And they believed that guaranteed them 100000 a year in early retirement. We heard that just there. I don't think that that's something new to just millennials. It happened to all of us. This is the 80s and 90s. But I think something's happening today. The lie is being changed a little bit. The American dream now is my truth is all that matters. We desire to make who I am. We, that's what we desire. I'm going to be who I am. This, this thought comes from philosophy. I think for I am. I read this book by Carl Truman called The Strange New World. This modern self is one where authenticity is achieved by acting outwardly according to our inward feelings. We're trying to tell ourselves who we are. That's the new happiness, the new American dream. You are who you are if I can just be who I'm supposed to be. Who am I? I'm who I'm supposed to be. It's an odd world for some of us, is it not? The new American dream is being the true you. That's what they're going to call it. We always hear about New Year's resolutions, right? So this year, everyone's going to figure out how to be the new you. We always want to change. We want to change who we are. This year, I'm going to lose weight. I'm still hoping, okay? But... There's times when I'm actually able to do these things. I'm actually able to have some of these resolutions. And it's, and it's not because of me. It's because of a desire. A lot of us, I know that some of you have already been talking about it. I hear whispers. I'm going to read the Bible through the, through the Bible this year. I'm going to read through it. And I've said the same thing and didn't make it, right? Because it's about desire. It's because you don't have enough heart change in your life. I, des- I want to exercise, but there's no desire to. I want to read more, but there's no desire to. Where does our desire lie? And to bring up the New Year's resolution, because a lot of you are thinking about this, And a lot of you are talking about desire. Now understand, your desire is not going to change your salvation. Jesus Christ saves you. You're assured in Jesus. But he's given us the Holy Spirit to change the desires of our heart for him. We should be seeking his word. We should be just influenced by him instead of this world. 
I will say I, I say all this because we are influenced by the world. Our heart's desire sometimes is searching for happiness beyond God. We lo- I watch a lot of TV programs, and I'm sure you do. I spend a lot of hours watching TV. I also let news, podcasts, influence my life. We walk in this world. We active. We. We are active in this world. We stand in this world. The world's goal is to remove the image of God. Did you know that? Are you being influenced by the removal of God? Our truth? The world tells us the truth is our truth. I can still hear the serpent. Can you not? Satan is lying to you. And he's saying the same lie he said back in the garden. Adam and Eve, you can be your own truth. You can be like God. As a father with New Year's resolutions, they've kind of changed for me. It's kind of why I wore this shirt. It's a prop. Uh, I was like, oh, my kids do jiu-jitsu. I want to be in my kids' lives. So it's changed. It used to be just about me losing weight. So I do jiu-jitsu now so that I can maybe spend more time with my kids. I thought about this year. Hey, what can I do this year? Maybe I'll play the piano because my two boys like to play the piano. And I say, oh, I can learn it with them. Just like I'm learning jiu-jitsu. But guess what? I had a desire, and there was a lot of dedication, and there's a lot of hard work, discipline to do jiu-jitsu. There's painful times. There's hard work with all of this. And so life is about relationships and what we desire. I desire to be with my kids. Should I not desire to be with the Lord? And where do we get to be with the Lord? We're going to read in Psalms today. We're going to be in Psalms 1, but I want to give you some background of Psalms. Your your Bibles typically categorize Psalms into five books. The first two chapters, 1 and 2, are kind of the introduction. Uh, It talks about the author being David, and we could talk about other authors like scribes and all that, but we know who the author is. We're a Bible-believing church, right? We know who inspired this. God is our author. Book one is the the main theme in the Psalms of book one is praying and confidence in God. Book two is a theme of historical. Book three kind of gets dark and darker, but there's little bits of hope here and there. Book four theme is a response to book three, which is all hope in the Lord. Book five theme is God's answer to the prayers of his people. God is good, and he answers prayers. We need to remember that all the psalms was sung as a community within Israel. So as we read this today, think about that as we read this together, how Israel used to sing this together. We used to sing together the scriptures. There are two words here that I want you to remember, uh, and it's all the word blessed. We have the word blessed in Hebrew, and we have the word blessed in Greek, because I'm going to take you to Jesus talking about being blessed too, because we can't leave Jesus out of this. The Hebrew word asherah, which is the 
the word blessed in our translation, but means happiness, or even better, joy. God's joy and happiness in your life. Most people in English, when they hear the word blessings, they think they are getting something. I've been blessed, I have a new house. I've been blessed, I have a car. I have been blessed because I got a job. Don't get caught up what Piper was talking about a little bit before. If I do this, God's going to do this because that's not what this is about. This blessing has nothing about you getting a new car. This blessing has nothing to do about you necessarily getting the job of your dreams. This blessing is about having God and his presence. The Greek word for blessing is makarios or something like that. And I like, I like the Life Study Bible that gives us the translation, which is equivalent to God's kingdom within one's heart. God's kingdom. A change of heart, right? Something's going on with our heart that changes the desires that we have. Otherwise, We'll talk about exercising, but it just won't happen. Let us stand together as we read God's word. Let's look into Psalms now, and we're going to read this together in honor of the Lord. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of the sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scoffers, but his delight is in the law, in the law of the Lord. And on his, on his law, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yield its fruits in its season and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like shaft that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in judgment, nor the sinner in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. You may be seated. I want you to pay attention a little bit to, in that Psalms, there's always the juxtapositioning of the wicked versus the righteous. You have to pay attention to that. There's a lot of juxtapositioning that goes on. Jesus is going to do the same thing. My first point today is if you love God, you will desire his commandments. You will desire the word. You'll want to eat this up. You'll want to spend time with it. Where are you walking, standing, and sitting? This is a Hebrew literary device that represents his the discipline of life. You desire God's truth, not your own, in every aspect of your life, not just when you walk into this building or go to church. See, this needs to be more at home than just coming to church. You understand that the truth that the world is telling you is false. Do you understand that your truth is false? Do you understand that? 
Another way Psalms works here is, is it shows the juxtaposition again of the righteous and the wicked. The wicked desire their own truth, but the righteous desire the kingdom of God, that Macarius or the Asher. They, the, it, it desires God. You want a new year resolution? I, I, I suggest we start praying for it. I have been. Pray that the Spirit will change the desire of your heart to seek him every day of every moment. So when you stand, sit, walk, whatever you are doing, it is desiring the Lord. Many today love to point out our education. I, I, I like to do that sometimes. I'm like, oh, I'm working on another master's. Woo. All of it's pointless. We like to point out our wealth, pointless. But your salvation through God is what I should be boasting about. Do I boast about the wrong things? My education, I'm boasting about the wrong things, people. I'm binging on the wrong things. I'm binging on TV shows, two or three of them a week. (laughs) Maybe I should start binging on something a little bit more important. God's word. It takes about 15 minutes a day to read through the Bible in a year. 15 minutes. That's what it took me for me to read with Rob this last year. 15 minutes. I know my TV shows last longer than that. The desire of your heart should not be in the world, but in the God that has saved you. The gift of Christmas. We must question the desires of our heart. How do we know how to be righteous? That's a lot of times of our question. How do we know to be righteous? I can come right here. And it says in verse 6, For the Lord knows the way of the righteous. Guess who knows how to be righteous? The Lord. If you are not spending time with the Lord and reading his word, you're not going to know the Lord. The world is constantly bombarding you with its truth. But you, the truth you don't know. The Lord knows the righteous. The wicked do not. You do not put your, we do not put our counsel in sitting at school. What influences me the most? Who do I choose? I choose the Lord, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous. Next in this, in chapter 3, it says, where are we planted? It takes us back to that garden image of the tree. He is like a tree planted by streams of water. This takes us back to the garden. We spend too much time starving ourselves because we refuse to read his word daily. Are you being nourished daily? Where are you planted in this? Are you planted more in the world or are you planted more in Christ? You will wither without and bear no fruit if you do not spend time with the Lord, being watered by the tree of life. This means a little bit of membership. Church membership is not about a ticket to heaven, but about accountability and fellowship 
and a family bond that's goal is to spread the gospel to the nations. You see, we walk and we stand and we sit together, that life on life that Rob talks about. This is done by what we are being fed. If you are being fed by the world, you're being fed a lie. We have been given the truth in Scripture. My next point is judgment is coming. Desire the blessing of the Lord. Verses 4 through 6 here. The wicked are not so, but they are like shaft that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. The fact is, is that judgment is coming, folks. There's the wicked and the righteous juxtaposition here. And the reason that I I think it's important is because Jesus spent a little bit of time, and I know that this is a lot of reading scripture at you, but I need you to pay attention to this. I'm going to read Matthew 25, 31 through 46, because we need to hear what Jesus had to say about this wicked versus the righteous. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, Then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations. And he will separate the people from one another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place his sheep on his right, but the goats on his left. Then the king will say say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed. There's that word blessed, right? That's something God gave them. By my Father, inherit, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me in. I was naked and you clothed me. See, there's some discipline going on here. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry? And feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you in, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick, or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer, truly I say to you, as you did to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did to me. Then he will say to those on the left, depart from me. You cursed into eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was thirsty and you gave me no food. I I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me. Naked and you did not clothe me. Sick in prison and you did not visit me. Then Then they will also answer saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty? Or a stranger and na- or naked or sick in prison and did not minister to you. See, they knew about ministering, didn't they? Then he will answer and say to them, Truly I say to you, did, as you did, to, did not do it to the least of these, you did not do it to me. All these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. See, we have a God that's coming and there's going to be judgment. There's going to be judgment. The separation of the wicked and the righteous, it's going to happen. 
When judgment comes, either Jesus knows you or he doesn't know you. Do you desire to know Jesus by meditating on his word daily? There is judgment coming for the wicked, and God allows the wicked heart to harden in its own desires. When I realize that my own desires can harden my heart, I better start praying. Where does your heart desire? This is not about you. It's not about, I'm not saying that all suddenly now you've lost salvation. No, that you're assured that in Christ. But I want you to pay attention to your desires. The law does not save you. This is not something that we can just figure out. God has figured it out. Jesus saves you. God has given us the Holy Spirit to change the desires of our hearts. The wicked are lost in their own desires, but you have been given the Holy Spirit. You are you were lost in your own desires, but now you are not. When we look at the world, don't you see that the wicked are not so they they are like shaft blown and dr- blown in the wind? Don't you see that today? Can't you see that? They don't fear the Lord. They fear what their social media tells them. They fear what people might say about them. We need to ask ourselves, who do we fear? Because judgment is coming. One of the things that I was concerned about even preaching today is I fear this God. And I want to make sure that I speak the word to you. We spend too much time being fearful of something that should not be feared. Real quickly, I'm going to read some more to you because you're going to get a lot of scripture today. (laughs) A lot. Ephesians 4.14 so that we may no longer be uh, no longer be children tossed to and fro fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine by human cunning by craftiness in the deceit, deceitful scheme you understand that the american dream your own truth is a scheme it's that same lie that we talked about with the devil Don't be tossed by it. Don't be tossed by it. The question we should all have is, I don't know how to be righteous, and we don't. That's correct in verse 6. But guess who knows? And guess who has come to you to help you? The desire of your heart is shaped by the righteous man named Jesus. You will also find we follow, we follow the truth here in Matthew 25 through uh, Matthew 25, 34. Again, I'm sorry, I'm going to be reading a lot to you today. The king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father. See, that didn't come from us. That came from God. 
inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. He has prepared a place for you. He has been in charge. He is the truth. God changes the desires of your heart for his kingdom. May the Holy Spirit change the desires to express the truth to the nations for the gospel. Point three, desire enables discipline. Desire enables discipline. See, I think wanting to be with my kids more with the jujitsu desire helped me desire it more. Make sure that I go to practice when I'm tired after work. Where does your desire lie? I'm going to read just Psalms 2 so that you can hear it because these two Psalms go together. Why do the nations rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together. Those wicked people like to hang out together, right? Against the against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. See, the world doesn't want any part of you. It wants to remove the image. He who sits in heaven laughs, but we have Jesus, right? The Lord holds them in duration. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. I will tell of the degree. The Lord said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. We're talking about Jesus. Ask of me and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron. Kind of getting back to that revelation time. And dash them to pieces like otter's vessel. Now, therefore, kings, be wise. Be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear. Rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry and you perish in the way. For the wrath is quickly kindled. For his wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed, there's that blessed again, are all who take refuge in him. Are you taking refuge in him? Are you walking, standing, sitting in his counsel, in his word? Again, what did Jesus say about this? I think Jesus talks to us a little bit more about this in Matthew when he preaches about being blessed, right? He talks to his disciples about being blessed in Matthew 5. 2 through 12. And he opened his mouth and he taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That's not getting a new car. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. That means people might pass away in our lives. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. They shall be satisfied. If you want to be righteous, you better start reading. You better hunger and thirst for this. Blessed are the, are the merciful, for they shall be 
sins, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. If we change this a little bit, happy are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Happy are those who are persecuted. Persecuted and you're happy. For righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Happy are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you, you fall, you, uh, against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is greater in heaven. For they are persecuted, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You want to pursue happiness? You pursue the Lord. You desire the Lord. You want happiness in your life? Jesus just told you how to get it, even when the world seems to fall apart around you. Christians should desire God when we are poor in spirit, mourning, hungry, for when we hunger for righteousness. Happiness is not found in your own truth. I'm going to tell you that again and again. Satan keeps telling you that you're going to find it in your own truth. But happiness comes only through Jesus Christ. We are blessed because we have Jesus. Let us be honest. When we look at the world and we look at Hollywood who makes movies on how to be happy, do they seem very happy to you? The rich never seem to be happy. But they have all what the world desires, do they not? We're told they do. I remember hearing a sermon by J.D. Greer on Psalms 1 explaining how David writes in Psalms 4, it says, You have put more joy in my heart than they have when, they're with, when or with their grain and their wine abound. See, David had more joy in God than everything that he owned. And David owned a lot. He had a lot of wives. He had a lot of stuff. But when we lose things, we can find happiness in the Lord. This new year will bring you good times and bad times, but our hope and blessing is found in the Lord. Our happiness, our joy is found in Jesus. Jesus taught his disciples what that looked like, and he keeps talking to us about this over and over again. What does your heart's, what is your heart's desire? We, we need a change of heart for the Lord and to and a discipline to seek God's law written on our hearts. We need to recognize how much God loves us, and we need to open our hearts to desire him. Do you delight in God? Do you fear God? God's words are good and right. Sinners harden their hearts to God's word. They don't think it's good and right. They keep complaining about it. As I said earlier, Israel used to sing this together as a song to remember that we need to what? Walk, stand, and sit in the counsel of the Lord. Nothing draws you closer than mission trips. I'm going to put a plug. We got some mission trips that are available for you to go to. You see, doing God's work and glorifying God and living in fellowship, walk, sitting and standing and 
That's what he's asking us to do, to desire him. Are we doing life in the world too much, or or do we need to do more life in the Lord? I know I do. need to spend more time with the Lord. The blessing of God rested on Abraham's covenant. Now you have that blessing through Jesus Christ. This new year, let your resolution be that you desire God more. That you are disciplined to meditate on his word day and night. You will need to be planted by fresh water. You need to have a church. If you don't have one, we'd love to have you be a part of ours. If you need to talk to God about planting your life near to him, or you want to be adopted into the family of Christ and feel the blessing and assurance that God gives us, I'm going to ask you to pray about that. But there's a couple verses that I want to end because God's word is good. Man, it is good. And this one, David sent me earlier. And it's just so good. I, I can't help but read it to you. It's Jeremiah 15, 16. Your words were found and I ate them. And your words became to me a joy and a delight of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord, God of hosts. One last verse that I want to read to you is First Thessalonians 5. It's almost a prayer that I read this every day. Because it reminds me this is not about Steve. This is about a God that has already called you. And he will complete his work. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. Do you believe that God is good? Do you desire the Lord? I want to desire the Lord more this year. Pastor Rob, if any of you need to pray or come forward, we'll have David singing. Uh, That's my prayer for my new year. That's my new year resolution. I did talk about playing the piano, but I want to desire the Lord more. I want to sit, stand, and walk with my God in every aspect of my life. Pastor Rob, if you like, if you need to talk to him, or I'll stand forward too. Um, but we'll have David lead us. Pray about the desire of your heart today.